This episode is brought to you in part by Second Skull. Second Skull is a protective headgear company focused on helping to keep athletes safe and to help keep athletes on the field participating in the sports that they love. Their products are patented, tested, and proven to reduce direct and rotational impacts to the head. Their technology is trusted by several athletic organizations and the United States military. Their pro cap is designed with the grant from the National Football League. This protective skull cap is the ultimate in thin, lightweight, and breathable protection. The pro cap is comparable to other skull caps that do not offer such protection, measuring at just 2 millimeters thick and weighing less than 2.4 ounces. The pro cap improves protection for all players when worn under their helmet and is perfect for football, baseball, hockey, and lacrosse. Their pro band is designed in collaboration with professional players and clubs in Spain. This protective headband provides superior protection with an aesthetic and athletic look. The pro band has a unique five panel construction with a reinforced forehead panel to deliver a natural feel and ultimate ball control at just four millimeters thick and a weight of 1.4 ounces. The pro band provides protection for all players in non-helmeted sports and activities and is ideal for soccer athletes. Listeners of the armchair coaching podcast can go to secondskull.com and save 20% on any products purchased from that website with the discount code armchair. That's A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R in all caps. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Back to the Basics from Coach Stone Football. 2021 is the year to go back to the basics with Coach Stone Football Drill Manual Series. It has a combined 300 plus football drills and over 4,000 pages of football intelligence. All of the content within the Football Drill Manual Series builds on each other to offer consistent coaching while laying a foundation. Let's face it, 2020 was not easy for any of us to navigate sports. Whether or not you were fortunate enough to have a season, or if your season was put on hold until this year, now is the time to go back to the basics to lay a foundation for 2021. Also new in 2021, the Coach Stone Football Coaching Magazine with four issues this year with some of the best podcasters in the business today. Also one Back to the Basics International Gridiron Football Magazine representing 12 different countries with each article, not only in English, but also in the native language of the coach who wrote that article. For more information, go to www.coachstonefootball.com. Again, that's www.coachstonefootball.com. All Armchair Coaching Podcast episodes have been edited by Coach James Heath. Follow Coach James Heath on Twitter at jrockfordheath. And if you are interested in starting your own podcast, contact Coach Heath and he will help you get set up with everything that you need for podcasting. Thank you, Coach Heath. I couldn't do it without you, brother. Welcome to the Armchair Coaching Podcast. My name is Coach Sheffer and we are on episode number four of our 2021 college football preview show and we are continuing our discussion on the Sun Belt. In the last episode, in episode three, we talked about the Western Division of the Sun Belt, and we had Louisiana Lafayette coming out of the West with a nine and three record, most likely making it to the uh, conference championship game and playing someone who we will probably talk about here in a little bit. Um, we will be missing Coach Heath in this episode, as well as Coach Bennett. Both had prior engagements, and we will probably be, uh, you know, making fun of them the entire time that they are gone. 
because they can't defend themselves, which is just fine. That's what we do here on the podcast. Uh, but real quick, I'm going to introduce the two coaches other than myself that we actually do have showing up today because they made today a priority. Coach Steve, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, I put this on my schedule and said I have to be here. Um, but I'm Coach Steve, the offensive line coach, run game coordinator at Addison Trail High School. And I'm also the assistant boys basketball coach, assistant girls track coach at Nequa Valley High School, both western suburbs of Chicago. I have a podcast and YouTube channel, um, both the Coach Steve show, and I'm also the president of the Anti-Steve Club, trying to get Coach Banstra kicked out, and Coach Bannett's already kicked out. All right, Coach Banstra. I, I am Coach Banstra. I'm the head football coach at uh, Northwestern High School here in Central Ohio. Um I am also one half of the anti-Steve coalition movement. Um, we're trying to form our own political party to get Steve just banned from all athletics. Um, and then uh, I also have a bunch of YouTube and podcast stuff. All right. I will make sure that both coaches uh, information is in the description of this episode. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into today's discussion. In the last episode, we talked about the West. Today, we'll talk about the East. And we are going to start off our conversation talking about Troy Trojans. And so last season, yes, Troy was the worst in the East, but we were discussing this a little bit ago. If they had been in the Western division, they would have been the second best team uh, with a three and four record conference wise and a five and six record overall. Um, and Coach Banster pointed out a little bit ago, if you look at the points scored against them, they had a relatively decent defense. Uh, compared to the other teams in the, the West. Uh, so conference-wise, they did pretty well defensively. Um, and so, it, you know, in our opinions here, the Eastern Division probably just a little bit better than that Western Division. Um, I'll go ahead and start us off here uh, with the Troy Trojans. And so their schedule here, they've got, just for a little bit of reference, they have at home, their first game is uh, versus Southern University, at home versus Liberty, away at Southern Miss, away at UL Monroe, away at South Carolina, at home versus Georgia Southern, at Texas State, at Coastal Carolina, at home versus U uh, Southern Alabama, at home versus Louisiana Lafayette, at home versus App State, and then away at Georgia State. And so in my opinion, um, I think – most of us here who actually filled out the sheet, Coach Heath, Coach Sheffer, and Coach Banster actually have them going six and six this season. Only Coach Steve has them going four and eight. Um, so I, I believe that they beat Southern, they lose to Liberty, they beat Southern Miss, they beat UL Monroe, they lose to South Carolina, they lose to Georgia Southern, they beat Texas State, lose to Coastal, beat South Alabama, lose to the Raging Cajuns lose to App State and then win their last game uh, at home or away at Georgia State. So um, as our resident uh, Sunbelt expert, Coach Banster, would you like to talk a little bit about the Troy Trojans? I mean, their head coach is uh, Chip Lindsey, uh, um, another former PAC, uh, if I remember correctly off the top of my head, another former um, Arizona State guy. I mean – there's a little bit, there's like a little run there of like former Arizona State guys getting hired. Uh, he's at Auburn for like a year or two before he got the job. Um, he coached at uh, Troy priorly, so he kind of had some familiarity with the conference. 
Um, he's another highly viewed uh, head football coach who's kind of slowly started building Troy into a pretty dang good football program down there. And it wasn't a bad one when he took over either. Um, I mean, it's just, I mean, there's some tough games and some um, Wumble games on there. Um, I, to me, that, that Southern Miss game is kind of a toss-up. I mean, Liberty's just a, really good right now. Um, and But, I, I mean, after that, I mean, again, you get South Carolina week five. Like, I mean, there's some tough games on that schedule. And a lot of it's their non-conference schedule that has them at six and six for me. I mean, conference-wise, I mean, I think they'll have they'll have pretty dang close to winning record overall. Um, and but again, when you're playing coastal, um, Louisiana, um, Georgia Southern, I mean, those are some tough teams to play on top of your non-conference schedule. And like I said, don't sleep on Texas State. I mean, depending on how. It, what they do with their defense. I mean, you could have some, some problems there, but I mean, that's, that's, a, as, as one of the, uh, they're kind of like the Iowa of the Sun Belt is kind of my reference point. Like they're just going to be tough and a pain. Like they're going to, they're going to be solid. Um, so that's, I mean, that's why I kind of have them at like six and six. I mean, a couple of things go their way. They might be able to get seven or eight, but I mean, at the same time, it's a couple of things could go wrong and you could have kind of like coach Steve's got here four and eight. I mean, I think that it's, it just kind of depends on, how the year starts with Southern, Southern Miss, um, Louisiana Monroe. I mean, just that those that Liberty and South Carolina games in there are just going to be those are tough games. Coach Steve, what about that four and eight record? Yeah, um, I'm just the downer on this one. Um, you guys said it best. I mean, we, I, we have no idea what kind of Troy team we'll get with all the coaching changes and stuff that happened. Um, I think we're all in agreement. They beat Southern. Liberty's pretty good. Um, I do have Southern Miss winning that one. Now, that one I am not confident in. I could see Troy winning that one. But maybe Southern Miss gets it rolling by week that time period. So, that's why I have them winning that one. We've already talked about um, UNL Monroe. I don't see them beating South Carolina. I don't. Um, now, the toss-up one, I part of me wants to change is the Georgia Southern. I put Troy but I'm not going to sleep on Georgia Southern. That's a toss-up. I am just big on Texas State. I'm hoping by that point Texas State is rolling. They've got something figured out. They can beat Troy, so that's why I put that. They're not being close to Carolina. Have them beating USA, and then they're not going to beat Raging Cajuns. They're not going to beat App State. And then I put Georgia State, and the reason why after those back-to-back games, after a decent schedule, I could see Georgia State coming in. Uh, maybe with nothing to lose at that point and maybe upsetting them, quote-unquote upsetting them and that. So that's why they're about four and eight, but they could be six and six like you guys said, or even that five. You know, I could see them probably getting to five. Um, But I'm just picking these games like I did my Indiana picks for Coach Bennett. So that's why he can be proud of me for picking my games like I did Indiana. Nice. All right, so since uh, both Coach Banster and I had six and six. Coach Steve had four and eight. Uh, overall consensus five and seven. Yeah, I mean, five and seven, six and six. I mean, I to me they're, they, they'll be bowl. They'll find a way to get bowl eligible. So yeah. five and I mean, seven, I'm, five and seven gets you bowl eligible. I'm good with the six if you guys want to put that. All right, I'll kind of have it between five and six wins here for right five now. We can discuss it again later if we have to. All right, um, so the next team that we want to talk about is the Georgia Southern Eagles. 
Uh, Georgia Southern is coached by Chad Lunsford. And last season, they had a relatively average uh, conference record of four and four. Uh, however, going eight and five overall. Uh, remind me, did Georgia Southern beat Army or did Army beat Georgia? Southern? It was a very close game. Came down to the end, didn't it? Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I want to say Army won that game, but I'm pretty sure Army beat them. But that was a very tough game, and it was a good watch too. If you like triple option football, um, you know recently Georgia Southern's been the gun triple team, but in yeah, the past, Army won 28 27. Okay, 28 27. I knew it came down to like one point. Um, but traditionally, they've been a powerhouse in the you know regular under center traditional triple option, um, you know, including some stints under coaches such as, uh, you know, Paul Johnson and, um, you know, other, other guys that we know of. So, you know, Georgia Southern coach Banstra, you had a couple words about Georgia, Georgia Southern before we started. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about Georgia Southern? Well, they, I, and I, and I feel horrible from forget his name because I really liked what he was doing, but they fired their offensive coordinator, midway through last year because they kind of got stagnant in the middle. They promoted one of their inter- internal guys and, and as an interim who ended up keeping the job. And um, he did – I mean, he did a pretty good job. I just don't know. And my, this is my biggest problem with their schedule is I don't know, are they going to run the offense kind of like they were towards the end of last year? Is he scrapping a lot of that and putting in his own stuff? Um, that's my – $8 million question is what are they doing offensively? And I didn't get a chance to look at any of their spring ball stuff. Um, and um, I know they they lost their – they had a really good running backs coach that they lost. I want to say UNC Charlotte. Um, I could be wrong about that one. But I know they lost him somewhere. Um, and they made some other offensive staff changes as well. Um, but my – I mean, that was kind of my two cents on it. Um, if I knew more what they were doing offensively – um, that that would probably alter like maybe a couple of the games here, like the um, Louisiana game, uh, maybe the Troy game for me, um, BYU maybe because B, I, I I had a small pause on BYU because BYU lost that quarterback, lost their offense coordinator, lost their offensive line coach, so. But BYU still BYU, who's who's turned into a pretty consistent football program. Um, I can see them winning four games. I can see them winning eight games. Um, Arkansas being the year's tough matchup. Florida Atlantic is not somebody to sleep on by any means either. The start of the year, I just I don't know what they're going to do offensively. That that, that change and what he's going to keep, what he doesn't keep, is my question. Um, so if I had more clarity on that, that would help me kind of make a little bit better decision on what what to expect out of them. Coach Banstra has them going six and six, making it to a bowl game, which is a little bit of a drop off from last year. But I mean, you know, with all the changes you mentioned, I guess that would be par for the course for most teams. Uh, Coach Steve, you have them going five and seven. What are your thoughts on uh, Georgia Southern? I currently have their spring game up right now, We're trying to figure it out for you guys. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. If they run the same offense, I think they'll be pretty good or decent. Um, what was I going to say? I, I'm trying to help you guys out, and I'm doing too much. Um, 
they're not a bad team. They play, they're, they're very tough because Coach Munkin coached there. Like he was the head coach there, I think, before they were Division One. Like he was a part of that. So he started all that and they've continued it. Now, like if they continue to run the option, they'll be just fine. Um, that's why I have them winning the first game, beating, we all have them beating Florida Atlantic, which is crazy. Um, they're not going to beat Arkansas. Arkansas is on the uptick. They're not going to beat the Raging Cajuns. Um, I put Arkansas State, but I am not 100% confident in that pick whatsoever. Um, so just because I have them at five and seven, that is not a confident pick on my part whatsoever. Um, and they could still beat Troy. I put Troy down, but I could still see Georgia Southern. If they continue to do what they were doing to build up, they could win that game. They're going to beat USA. They're going to beat Georgia State. Um, and if they get on a roll, they're not going to – I don't see them beating Coastal Carolina, but seeing those two offenses go head-to-head like last year is pretty fun to watch. Um, I do have them beating Texas State, but, again, I am not confident in that pick whatsoever. Um, I have BYU beating them because it's BYU, but Coach Bancher made a lot of good points. BYU is not going to be the same BYU, but – I think they still have some of their offensive linemen even coming back. That coach is gone, but some are still coming back. Um, and then I have Appalachian State winning. Um, so I have about five and seven, but they, out of no stretch of the imagination, can be seven and five, or even we will get to eight wins. It is not a far-fetched thing to say. So come back to me in 30 seconds when I continue to watch the spring game. But it looks like they're going to run a similar offense as they did. My best memories from them last season i watched the army game i also watched them play a little bit versus coastal carolina and i know they kept that game relatively close um i they're always tough every time i've seen them play they've always been tough i have them going seven and five it's where i can't remember where i have it different than you guys uh i have them beating troy which is why they're seven and five for me so um again like we were saying no stretch of the imagination to say that they could go eight eight wins, uh, depending on who what happens, uh, or they could you know not do well at all. Who knows? Uh, so consensus, law of averages. How about six and six, making a bowl game? I mean, that, that worked. I mean, I mean, six and six, seven and five, somewhere there. I think they're they're mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, again, if they're running, if they've just updated kind of what they were doing and kind of solidified some stuff especially how they play the second. I mean, they were, they played pretty good the past couple of games, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Playing Army that close last year was pretty impressive because Army was, I mean, Jeff Munkin has always has his team pretty dang prepared. Yeah, it looks like a similar offense. They've got a big quarterback. Um, they do a lot of motion, a lot of comet motion stuff. So it's just, they revamped it. There's a little more zone dive out of it, I think, from what I'm seeing, but it looks pretty similar. All right, we'll put the Eagles to bed, and we're going to move on to the Panthers, also out of Georgia, the Georgia State Panthers. Last season in conference, going 4-4 four and four overall, going 6-4 and four for Georgia State, which is a team that just recently came up to Division I single A, kind of like Georgia Southern. Um, that's a pretty good record for them. They haven't had a whole lot of success in the past, at least football-wise. Uh, so Georgia State – Their head coach is Sean Elliott. Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I don't know a whole lot about Georgia State, but, man, if you look at this schedule, 
Whoever Georgia State's scheduling person is needs to be fired. Um, okay, so here's their schedule for reference. They've got at home versus Army, away versus North Carolina, at home versus Charlotte, away at Auburn, at home versus App State. So the first five games are brutal. At home versus or away at uh, UL Monroe, at home versus Texas State, at Georgia Southern, at uh, Louisiana Lafayette, at Coastal Carolina, at home versus Arkansas State, and at home versus Troy. This may be, in my opinion, the toughest schedule out of any of this conference. Th- this schedule is just brutal. Um, and if you look at our if you're watching the video, if you're looking at our uh, win-loss picks, um, it doesn't look like it goes well for Georgia State. Um, Coach Banstra, I'll let you go first. I mean, this is the team I probably know the least about of all of our teams. I mean, what that opening schedule tells me is they need to pay bills. I mean, Army game will sell out, so you'll get full attendance there. UNC and Auburn probably paid you a decent penny. And Charlotte is probably a game that you probably could sell out to. Um, but that is a I, – I just couldn't find a, a win. Um, I mean, Louisiana Moreau, to me, may be a toss-up. Texas State might be a toss-up. Arkansas State, maybe. That's maybe stretching it to me. Uh, Charlotte, may, I mean, out of those first four, Charlotte's probably your most winnable. Even though I, I understand they – I mean – you have all summer to prepare for Army's triple, but still, I mean, that's that's just brutal. Like, I just, I, I just couldn't find. I, I understand they're they are well coached. They have a good coaching staff. I feel bad for oh god, what is his name? Um, Sean Elliott. Um, but and I mean, Sean overall had. I mean, he's twenty two and twenty five there. I mean, his second year was really bad, but outside that, I mean, he's had winning records every three of the four years he's been there. He's, he was the interim head coach of South Carolina, was a long time South Carolina, an app state assistant. But that is just a brutal – I mean, so when you start – if you start 0-4, really 0-5, because you got app state there, that's hard to kind of pick up the pieces and continue to build. I just – I couldn't find a win. I just couldn't. I, I think there's a couple games you could win there, but that start is just so brutal. I don't know. It, it might be too much to – come back from and you're like you have no like three games in a row they're like oh here's three winnable games because i mean yeah you got app then you got Monroe. okay okay texas state georgia southern is not a cupcake by any means like i mean it's, there's just no string of like oh here's a couple games we can win it's it, it, it if you're gonna win games they're gonna win games they're they're gonna be tough SOBs and they're going to be just clawing and scratching every week. That's, that's how they do it. And honestly, I'll say this, who knows, they might be able to catch one of Auburn. God knows what the Brian Harson regime is going to look like. You, I mean, you never know. It's kind of like that. How we talked about Texas to start the year is you never know, but God, I mean, army and North Carolina back to back. Those are just, that's just brutal. Steve. I was trying to remember. I remember watching them play Georgia Southern last year. So I'm looking at their schedule from last year. They beat Georgia Southern 30 to 24. And I was trying to remember. And then I'm looking at their schedule. Their biggest loss was Coast Carolina by 51. But I mean, they uh, 
They beat like East Carolina 49-29. They only lost to Raging Cages by three in overtime. Um, Arkansas State beat them 59-52. They beat Troy by two. They beat UNL Monroe. They beat South Alabama. They only lost App State 17-13. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, should I rethink my picks? But that's for their conference. Like you guys said, I can't argue this beginning. Like, they're not going to beat Army. They're not going to beat North Carolina. They're not going to beat Charlotte. They're not going to beat Auburn. But the rest of the games could be closer, but maybe that just beats them up. So if it was just at their conference, maybe it will be more competitive. Um, I kind of remember watching the Georgia Southern game. They didn't have bad athletes. They really didn't. Um, so I have them going 2-10. and 10. Um, I think they'll play close in these games. Not, I don't see them beating App State, but it could be close again. Um, I have Georgia State beating Monroe again. Uh, we all have Texas State winning. Um, I have Georgia Southern winning, but they beat them last year. But Georgia Southern could come out and say, you know, you beat us last year. I think it might have been for that side of the conference. But Georgia Southern's not bad. That's going to be a close game. Raging Cajun's going to be another close game. Then Coast Carolina's going to come in and thump them. Arkansas State's going to be a close game. And then Georgia State, I have them beating Troy, going so 2-10. and 10, But look at that how they played last year. It could be close all over again. So who knows? We could all be wrong. I think the difference is those first four. Like, right. I think I, I think you can play a lot of those teams competitively, but when you get App State off that first four games, what kind of mental and physical shape are you going to be in? And then, right. okay, okay, say you lose to App State. Now you're going into Monroe 0-5. Like, it's just like – that to me was the tiebreaker. I think normally they'd be a five to eight win program and they'd find games to win here or there. But outside, I think your closest possibility is Charlotte out of those first four. And Charlotte's a good football program. Like that is just, it is just brutal in my opinion. That is just, that might be too much to overcome for like a Sunbelt team. No, I agree. If those were spread out maybe, but having them all back to back to back. That might kill them. Yeah. Yep. I think we're all in agreement. Um, Banstra has no wins. I have one. Steve has two. I'm going to go ahead and again, law of averages say one and 11, most likely consensus. I think we're being generous giving them the one win. <laughs> I, I thought I was being generous. Uh, the only win that I found for them was possibly UL Monroe. Um, the other teams, I just think a little bit too much. But, you know, I could be wrong. You know, we could be wrong. Maybe we'll have to do like an I told you so episode another day. This episode is brought to you in part by High and Tight Footballs. High and Tight Footballs are the world's only self-contained pressure measuring, multi-sensory, instant audible feedback training footballs on the market. They have been used by NFL Hall of Fame players, NFL coaches, collegiate All-Americans and players at all levels. Listeners of the Armchair Coaching Podcast can actually receive a 10% discount on any products purchased from High and Tight by using the discount link below in the description and by using the discount code ACP. Make sure you type in ACP at checkout to get a 10% discount on any items purchased from highandtight.com. I'd like to thank our new sponsor, Launchpad Kickoff Tee, for joining us here on the Armchair Coaching Podcast family. Coaches, are you looking for that competitive edge? 
but you might not be paying attention to the kickoff game, well, this is the company for you. I'd like you to go check them out. I have one sitting right here in my hand. It's incredibly unique. It's got a very large surface area and incredibly flexible wings. And so what this does for you here, it gives you extreme flexibility with how you want to kick off. Do you want to use the patented forward lean? Well, if you don't know what that is, go ahead and check out their website. You can do just about anything you want. You can dial up different types of squib kicks just with the different angles. You can literally do just about anything with this. And the nice thing is they send you this piece of paper here that goes with diagrams that show you all the different angles and techniques that they've discovered so far. And they are incredibly helpful on their website. I highly recommend you check them out. If you're interested, do me a favor. I want you to go to launchpadkickoftee.com slash ACP. Make sure you add the slash ACP. And if you're interested in buying one, if you go to this specific website, you can find the link, the, the link in the description below, you actually get a discount. You're going to get a 10% discount just from using the, the Armchair Coaching Podcast link. If you want to buy one, if you want to buy two, that's a savings of 25%. And if you buy three, you're actually going to get one for free. All right. So those are some huge deals that you're going to get there. So do us a huge favor. Check out our sponsor at Launchpad Kickoff Tea. Make sure that you go to the specific site, launchpadkickofftea.com slash ACP. Launchpadkickofftea.com slash ACP. On the kickoff, it's not like all the other kickoff teas that you have. It's incredibly unique. All right. Let's uh, stop talking about this brutal schedule. We're going to talk about possibly these next two teams are probably the two teams that will be competing for the top spot in the East. First, we'll talk about the Appalachian State Mountaineers uh, last season going 6-2 and two in conference and 9-3 and three overall. It's a pretty darn good record. Uh, head coach was uh, Sean Clark, correct? I'm pretty sure that's his name. Yes. Um, and so, you know, we've got this season here, you know, they did lose, they lost their offensive coordinator. So that might have something to do with what their uh, success or, or not success this year, but app state is pretty much year in year out, a very competitive team, very tough team. Um, uh, They've always got good recruits. They're always really good. Um, and so a uh, little background in their uh, schedule. They're at first games at home versus ECU. Then they go to Miami, Florida and play Miami uh, at home versus Elon, at home versus Marshall, at Georgia State, at UL, at home versus Coastal Carolina, uh, at home versus UL Monroe, at Arkansas State, at home versus South Alabama, at Troy, at Georgia Southern. And we are almost all in agreement on wins and losses. There is one per uh, Banstra is a little bit different at nine and three. The rest of us are at 10 and two. Um, this is going to be most likely a pretty darn good football team. Um, and in my opinion, I know Miami is good and they've got really good players and really good talent, but they 
don't seem to play to their potential. I think Miami could be way better than they really are for whatever reason. I don't know if it's, you know, entitlement or what's going on at Miami. They just never quite can get over that hump. I think that game's going to come down to the wire. Um, that might be a toss-up game. I think App State's going to play them close. I do think Miami does come out and pull it out. Um, the other game I have them losing, which is probably the game that's going to decide who wins the East, I have them losing to Coastal Carolina. I think we all pretty much are in agreement there. We think Coastal Carolina is going to win that one, but it's going to be a tough one. I think it was a tough one last year too, wasn't it? Anybody remember the score from that one? Five seconds, I'll tell you what it was. I'm pretty sure that was a pretty close game, but I think these two, um, they are pretty much rivals now. Um, I think they were rivals when they were FCS teams, weren't they? Because they were in the same uh, conference. Or which game are you talking about? App State, the Coastal Carolina. Thirty lost last year. Thirty-four twenty-three. Yeah. Okay. So, you know they're. They're pretty much rivals now. They're pretty much the two teams that are usually battling for that top spot in the East. Uh, it's kind of like, at least in Sunbelt terms, it's kind of like the ACC a couple years ago when it was whoever won the Florida State-Clemson game was going to be the you know conference champion. Uh, basically going to be a similar situation here, at least in my point, viewpoint. Um, Coach Steve, you have any thoughts on uh, App State? Um, Illinois got their offensive coordinator. So I was happy for that. He worked with – I don't remember if he worked or his friends with Bielema, so that's where he went. But their offensive coordinator was there from 2013 to 18 as co-offensive coordinator. So I don't think they'll miss a beat with that. He understands the program. So that's kind of why I had them beating uh, East Carolina the first game. I don't have them beating Miami. Like you make good points. They have athletes. They have a good offensive coordinator down there. Um, I think I saw where a lot of Miami players are about to get paid. They're all going to get paid equally from somebody, so I could see them staying there. Um, then they just go on a nice little roll. The only one that I talked myself out of was the Marshall game. That one really hurt me to do because I like Marshall. I like their new coach coming from Alabama. I like some of the hires they made. That one, I'm not confident. I had to talk myself into App State winning that one. The only reason is, is that it's been sustainable, and Marshall's going to be coming through a new culture, new offense, new defense, all that stuff. I'm not going to be surprised if Marshall does win the game. But then they go on a nice roll until Coastal Carolina. I have Coastal Carolina winning that one again. Then I have winning the rest of them going 10-2. and two. So losing to Miami, losing to Coastal going 10 and two, but I would not be surprised if Marshall beats them. That's the one I talked myself out of, but with the, the OC coming in, knowing the program, they won't miss a beat. He understands what the head coach wants, understands what it is. Um, but I hope Illinois can bring that over. Just bring that wide zone over. There, I, I can't remember what game it was. I was watching App State play somebody. And I think it was three plays in a row where it was just wide zone that scored for like a 40-yard, 60-yard touchdown. And the other team just could not stop it. And they just kept running the same play. And it was just like, geez, how in the world could you let this play get that wide open? But pretty darn good team App, App State is. Uh, Banstra, what are your thoughts on App State? Um, I, I think the difference for me was the fact that they lost their offensive coordinator. I mean, you're still going to lose – you still lost a good play caller. 
Um, at the same time, I almost gave him the Miami game. And the, and the reason I almost did that is just because when, when you see – and I don't know if this was an actual quote or not because half the stuff on Facebook you see nowadays is fake. Um, but it mentioned how the quarterback for Miami was already talking about how they're going to blow out Alabama. Um, that's how, Yeah, that's not a good life choice. So they might be a little um, – so a little distracted from their first – whatever happens the first week. Um Outside that, I mean, I mean, the coastal game's the obvious. Okay, what happens there? And then who else did I have? So I'm double checking. Oh, and I, Louisiana. I had them losing to Louisiana just because. I mean, part of that is because I like some people on their staff, and I'm kind of partial like that. Um, but I mean, I will say that I will say that the one thing about the coastal game, it was just almost half made me consider changing my mind is. App State is six and one against Coastal historically. Um, last year was the first time they've lost to Coastal. Um, so if you just want to like go historically, and like I just double checked it, like I mean some of them are close, but there's also like some blowouts in there, like back in 2012, 55, 14. Um, Last year's 34-23 they lost, but, I mean, the year before that was 56-37, 23-7. So, historically, they've beaten Coastal. um, But, I mean, I think Coastal's on a high right now that you might not be able to overcome, as we'll all kind of talk about here in a minute. Um, So, I think 9-3, 10-2, 11-1 are not out of stretch. I just – in the end, I couldn't pick them to beat Miami. Who knows? They might. You never know what after the Alabama game week one, what happens in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, it all could, could just go kaboom or they could just be riding high and just Miami could just sweep the rest of the year. You just, you never know. Yeah. All right. So consensus, um, I know coach Banstra has them at nine and three, but uh, 10 wins is fine. We good with 10 and two, 10 and two yep. losing to CCU. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. Well, that, Brings us to the last team in the East, probably the hottest team in all of Group of Five football right now, which is Coastal Carolina. Everybody wants to talk about Coastal Carolina and talk about their offense as if it was something brand new. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's spread triple. And they do a really good job at doing it, but I don't necessarily think that's why. They won so many games last year. They went 8-0 in conference, 11-1, only losing in their bowl game to Liberty. And they had a pretty darn good game versus BYU on national television. Um, They just seem to be having a whole lot of fun down there in Coastal Carolina. Uh, Coach Bennett actually sent us a message about Coastal Carolina. I asked him what his thoughts were because he actually knows quite a few people on the staff there. Uh, and this is his words, word for word. He says, they ain't going anywhere. Coach Chadwell does a great job, and he's got a tremendous offensive staff, and the D.C. Chad Staggs and the o- co-OCs Willie Korn and Isaac Newland are three of the best young coordinators in the game. And I haven't seen anything to be able to discount what he says, so I'm going to go ahead and agree with it. Let's go to their schedule. So their schedule this year at home versus the Citadel, at home versus Kansas, at Buffalo, at home versus UMass, at home versus uh, Monroe, at Arkansas State, at App State, 
at home versus Troy, at Georgia Southern, at or at home versus Georgia State, at home versus Texas State, and then away at Southern Alabama. And if you're watching the video here and you're looking at everyone's picks, uh, we are basically all in consensus. And I'm going to go ahead and write that down because I'm pretty sure we're not going to talk ourselves out of it. Um, this this schedule might be one of the easier schedules in all of uh, the all of the conference. Um, you know. Hey, the Citadel might be tough because they're, you know, usually tough, but they just don't have the studs. Um, Kansas is Kansas. Buffalo is going to be down because they're lost all their coaching staff and all their big, good players. UMass is terrible. Um, and then the only other team that I can see that they might have trouble with would be App State, maybe Georgia Southern. They might have trouble along the way with someone else. But do you guys see a loss on that record? Like, I mean, there, there's a couple, like, if, if Citadel was, like, week, like, three instead of one, Citadel just gives people problems. Let's, I'll just phrase it that way. They run the triple. They're they're physical. They're violent. It's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Kansas should win this game just off of what should be talent. And if their head coach had gotten hired two or three months earlier, I would have picked Kansas and not even thought about it. But – with how late that Kansas head coach was hired and he's got a great staff. I'm not going to ignore that. I know several members of that staff. I've, I've worked with some of them for state clinic stuff. Kansas has a fantastic staff. My main factor in this was how late they got hired. If that, if that was not there, I would pick Kansas in a heartbeat just because of how I know how good that's that staff is. He brought eight guys over from Buffalo and then he kept it like the like studs, um, and he and unfortunately he wasn't ca- able to keep all the good Kansas coaches, but he kept five or six of them either as quality control guys or whatever. Um, Buffalo again, as you kind of said, the main difference is that head coaching changed late. Um, Buffalo's still got some good talent. Um, I, I considered UMass for a second, and the reason why because I know who their linebacker coach is, and I know they're supposed to be a lot better this year. Um, and then after that, I mean, App State gives you pause because historically they don't win that game. Georgia Southern gives you a little bit of pause. Uh, Troy does a little bit too. I mean, because we talked to Troy, Troy could go 10 and 2, could be 0 and 12. That is the, like, is what it is. Texas State, I, I don't think they'll have enough gun power, but I mean, they, they, they like to score points. Like, there's games on the schedule they can lose. I just don't, after how well last year went, I just don't think they will. And they have a great staff. That's the other thing. Like, as Bennett at Texas earlier, like, it's a really good staff. So, I mean, that was the difference for me. I think if they're going to trip up anywhere, it's going to be in one of those first three to four games. Um, and to me, it's probably Kansas or the Citadel. Um, but, again, when you got all summer to prepare for the triple, I mean, I've, I've, had, I've, I've had that luxury once before where you open with triple team and you get all summer to prepare. It's nice. I mean, we spent, oh, like, a full week on the triple one week just because that's, it was a luxury. Um, but I mean, I think, I think if you like force me we're absolute, like things go off the rails, nine and threes are worst case, unless something just mass injury bug hits. I, but I, I think 12 and 0, 11 and one is very realistic for what they are. And uh, they have a very good staff um, who's done, who are doing some good things down there at coastal. 
Coach Steve, your thoughts? Um, and I think Coastal was a young team. Like, Korak was a freshman, I think. And they had some young McCall. linemen and all that stuff. So bringing that back, your entire staff back, I don't think anybody on that staff left. Maybe a couple GAs, I think they said, left. And that was it. So when you have that, it's going to be hard to go against them. But I think we're all in agreement where they could lose is the Citadel, Kansas State. Now, there's other ones, but if you had to really be like, where are they going to lose? It's probably one of those three because Citadel, what the offense they run, if they can give Alabama problems, they can give Coastal Carolina problems, but you do have all summer, but that could be a loss. Kansas with a new staff, maybe they become more explosive. Who knows? And then App State being App State. But like Coach Bancher said, 12-0 and 0 at the very worst 9-3, but I don't think they even do that. They're going to be 10-2 and 2 to 12-0 and 0, somewhere in there. But being a young team, whole staff coming back, um, hard to prepare for that offense when they got weapons. And that's going to be the new high school offense. I mean, if it's new, it was Gus's offense. Now we're going to see this all over the place. Well, do, you, do you understand how many people texted me for film this offseason asking me if I had had coastal film? I might. Or had or had access to coastal film or knew who had coastal film because they wanted to run some of that stuff. And then you know how many people that said told me because I, I obviously have an affiliate link with Alex Kirby, which you can see on my channel. Um, small plug. Um, but Alex Kirby's whole book, and I know a bunch of people that bought that book, like personally, like truly know. I mean, I know he sold a bunch of those, blah blah, but like people that actually bought that and um there, there, there was a lot of interest on it. I know some people, but as I always say, when people try to run college stuff and look at what you can do and look what your kids can do compared to the kids in your schedule, um, just because o the University of Oklahoma can run uh, counter RPO does not mean you and your kids can run counter RPO. Uh, same thing goes with this offense, but, um, and we'll see. I mean, I just... It'll, it'll be interesting on what happens. Um, but like, I mean, like we've said, I think, I think there's a couple of games they could have hiccups to throughout the early beginning of the year. Um, but in, in league play outside app state, it's hard. Cause I mean, they don't got Lafayette on there. They don't have, they don't have some of the, they're, they're sort of a couple of the teams that might give them some fits. All right, so I'm pretty sure we're going to be going going ahead with the 12 and 0 pick, and them winning the East. It it like I said a minute ago, I think uh, you know App State, Coastal Carolina. The best correlation for them is you know being in the same division. It's like Florida State, Clemson all over again, uh, at least for them. And so we are pretty much a consensus that uh, Coastal's going to win the East and Louisiana. The Raging Cajuns is going to win the West. We have the Raging Cajuns at nine and three, Coastal Carolina at twelve and zero. Both teams seem to be pretty good teams. Um, so, if you guys had to choose a winner from that, uh, Coach Steve, who do you think would win the conference between the Raging Cajuns and the Chanticleers? This is a tough one. Because I would love to say Coastal Carolina, but I think if they can get the defense stuff rolling at rate for the Raging Cajuns, and Cajuns could pull an upset, quote unquote. So I'm going to lean towards them. Okay. Coach Banstra. 
I kind of this hot feeling like I want to say Raging Cajun because I have friends on that staff. Um, but I just think Coastal is still the top dog, at least for another year. Until until it's like coaches truly are getting poached or they move on or you lose some more kids. Um, like I, I want to pull for the Raging Cajuns, but I just in the end, I think it's, it'll be Coastal. Yeah. Now, if Coastal does go on to win the conference and they do go undefeated, um, we're still in a four team playoff with that schedule. I mean, look at what happened last year. They were undefeated last year. And they weren't even close to the top four. So, it, let's say they, you know, start just outside of the top twenty-five this season, which is probably what they'll do. Um, but they go undefeated with this seat with this record. Do you think they have? You know, I don't think I don't personally don't think you know playoffs is in the picture here. But maybe, maybe a New Year's Bowl bid. What are you guys thinking? Uh, they finished 14th last year. Uh, preseason has them actually ranked as 18th, at least a couple sites okay. do. Um, That's not bad. But you need Kansas to finish – like, you need, like, three of those teams to finish ranked for you to even be in the discussion. Like, Kansas has to win the Big 12 is what would have to happen. You have to beat Kansas and win the Big 12. UMass needs to go, like, eight and four. Um, who else was in that first three – first four? Buffalo has to finish ranked like 23rd. And then one of the other Sunbelt teams has to be ranked. For that you that even be a remote conversation. Mm-hmm. Again, trust me, I, I am one of the biggest advocates of they're undefeated. Put them in at four. Like I have, I've said that about Central Florida and all the other ones every year. Like they're undefeated. They've earned it. Put them at four. And then we'll find out real quick when they play Alabama as a one seed if they're the ready for prime time. Kind of like when Hawaii played Georgia all that time ago but that schedule is just no like some of those other teams they if they were undefeated and ranked you can make a little bit better argument but i mean that's not citadel would have to be playing an sec team and beat an sec team that's also what would happen like there's so much that would have to happen or you'd have a bunch of two lost teams and then all the stuff i said like there's it's just not plausible which kind of sucks but if we get this 18 playoff like we keep hearing about, yeah, they, they can get on as a seven or an eight, in my opinion. But no, not this. Like, not feel bad for them, but it is what it is. I think with an 18 playoff, I think they'd still have trouble getting in. Now there, there's also con- the, the conversation about a 12 team playoff. I think that's where you start to actually think eh, maybe a team like this might be able to make it in. Um, I think if they went undefeated and there was a 12-team playoff and they did the Boise State route where they beat the snot out of everyone they played, then maybe. Um, this year, no. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Um, any other comments about the Sun Belt Conference? On ESPN, Raging Cajuns, they have at 16. And then Coastal, they have at 21. So they're high on the raging Cajuns. I'm still, I'm still not convinced that they won't beat Texas. I, that, that to me is a t- toss-up. I think that that's going to be a good game. Do they, do they say what uh, channel that's going to be on? Texas and uh, 
You will. Doesn't ESPN still have the Texas channel? The Longhorn Network, which I don't have. (laughs) And and then that's probably where that should get dropped, I would think. That might. I think that might be one of those Longhorn Network games. I mean, that's just yeah. I I I would be much higher on Louisiana if they wouldn't have lost so many staff members. Yeah. Rob Sale, who was their OC and like also did co-coordinate the O-line. Rob Sales is a stud offensive line coach. I've talked to Rob before. He is smart as crap. And was and that's what I mean, that's why the New York Jets hired him to coach O-line. I mean, the Jets aren't gonna just hire you for no reason. Uh says it's on Fox. There you go. So you okay. might actually get the second. But like, yeah, that's no. I mean, you can't lose quality coaches and not see some sort of drop off. Um, but you never know. So uh, another question I just thought of, you know, because Sun Belt's one another one of those smaller conferences where those you get a coach that proves himself in the Sun Belt, they might get a job at another uh, Power Five school. What coach do you guys think is most likely? out of this group that we have here, the most likely one to get poached by a group of five this set next, after the season? All but two of their coaches. I mean, that's, that's the – like, <laughs> I mean, I, but I said earlier, like, there's two coaches in here that could be the um, – if they choose to, be the Frank Solich of the league, Butch Jones and Bowden could be their – could be the Frank Solich. Outside that, I mean, the obvious one's Billy Napier because everybody in America has tried to poach him. But, like, Sean Clark at App State, I mean – he took over and has kept it rolling. Uh, Chadwell is an obvious pick, but I don't think he's going to leave for unless it's the right situation. Lunsford at Georgia Southern is solid. Elliott at State is solid. Uh, Womack at South Alabama. Spateville, if he can just win some games at Texas State. Um, and then Chip Lindsay at Troy. My my personal two is either Nate, Nate Pierce, the obvious one. My dark horse of the group is Chip Lindsay okay. at Troy. Coach Steve, any thoughts on the coaches in the Sun Belt? I mean, I kind of I th- I think none will leave unless it's the right situation. Because I think they all enjoy that they're all in this conference. And I think they enjoy coaching against each other. Cause they could have left last year after like their seasons. So they all wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think they're just going to hop and leave ship because we've seen what happens when like Les Miles goes to Kansas or you've seen this happen where they go to big time programs and it doesn't work out. So maybe they got to like, they got to wait for the right situation. So I think they enjoy being there because I think they understand that it's growing good conference. I think they enjoy it. Yeah. All right, we are going to end episode four. We are done with the Sun Belt Conference. Unfortunately, the Fun Belt is done for us. Maybe we will come back in the future with an I Told You episode, and uh, we'll talk about some of the things that we got right, some of the things that we got wrong throughout all these previews. Uh, But until next time, uh, this is Coach Sheffer signing out for Coaches Banstra and Coach Steve and also for the absent Coaches Heath and Coach Bennett, and we are signing off.